1: It is a momentous day, not because it's Valentine's Day. It's pitchers and catchers getting their first workout in Surprise, Arizona, as the reigning World Series champion Texas Rangers are getting back at it to defend their championship. And we're, we're going to have like a week and a half of not much going on. I think next Monday is the first full squad workout, and then Cactus League games, I believe, begin on the 20, 22nd, 23rd. So Man, it
0: kind of hit me this morning when – Evan Grant and some of the the Rangers media were tweeting out pictures of the the uh, Rangers World Series championship signage they have out there, and there's like a gold banner. And I mean, usually when spring training starts and training camp starts for the Cowboys, it's kind of it's kind of nothing. Like it, it it gets me a while to get going, but seeing that this morning and just really seeing anything with the Rangers winning the World Series, it's always going to make me happy.
1: Yeah, and you're talking about an off season where... They if only we could go out there. Well, actually, good news. We will be out there All right. March 2nd through the 6th, so come join us, P1s. Um, yeah, an offseason where they didn't spend a lot like they did in previous years. We knew that was going to be the case. They were very upfront about that. Um, Jordan Montgomery is still free. Blake Snell, still free. Uh, it's really weird that Scott Boras' clients have yet to sign and there's teams already getting to work, but that's... They're going to demand multiple years at around 20 to $25 million. So I guess it's not a total surprise. And you have X amount of teams out in the marketplace feeling a little hamstrung and handcuffed because of the whole linear cable RSN right situation. But we do have resolution, at least on the Ranger front. They will be with Bally in 24, which I know a lot of people don't like. And they're going to get about 85% of the $111 million annually they get from their streaming deal.
0: So now that we have that settled, the more time that passes that Jordan Montgomery isn't a Ranger, the more I'm kind of worried that it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they want to pay the luxury tax two years in a row. And I know that
1: we shouldn't be worried about things like that because, one, it's not our money, and, two, you want to put together the best team possible to try to go win another championship. But Ray Davis... I don't want to totally hammer him because he has ponied up eight hundred and fifty million dollars the past few off seasons to build a championship team, but it is kind of it does kind of irk you knowing that you're heading into a year where you're one injury away from having to, I don't know, lean on in Jack o- Lighter, lean on in Owen White, man, Jack Leiter, I he did <laughs> if not that never, ever happens that that's the, that's the thing that sort of sucks about twenty twenty three for the Rangers. Everything else was great, but no starting pitcher in the or- organization at the minor league level, took a big step forward. Cole Wynn was in the bullpen by the time the year ended. Jack Leiter had to be shut down, and they finally got him back out there towards the end of the season with, I don't know, mental coaches and reworked mechanics. Owen White dealt with nagging injuries all year, which dropped his velocity. But we're in a situation where if Cody Bradford goes down or Dane Dunning goes down or Nathan Eovaldi, who threw a ton of innings not only last year, but also in the postseason, if he has to go on the shelf for a while, it's going to be pretty slim pickings. And that's why they went and got Adrian Sampson. Like, the other day I walk in and Lando goes, Hey, I remember Adrian Sampson? I'm like, yeah, well, he's back on a minor league
0: deal. Are we thinking that it's an organizational issue when it comes to developing these young pitchers? Because you would think that, okay, you throw enough darts at the dartboard at these pitchers, you're going to hit one eventually. And... Maybe that's something you think about with different sports if you're thinking quarterback or something, that, okay, eventually one of these guys is going to hit. You draft lighter, top two, you get Kumar Rocker, who was awesome at Vandy. Also, he gets hurt. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that was just an overuse issue. But those other guys you mentioned, Cole Wynn, we thought, okay, he's going to be up pretty soon. He's in his early to mid-20s now. He took a huge step back. And all these guys are not getting to the point where they can even crack a rotation yet. And if it... If it goes that way with enough pitchers, with enough young arms, and it's hard to say anything bad about the Rangers because they just won the World Series, but if none of these guys are working out, you got to think that this is something to do with the organization where they're just not handling these dudes the right way. It's historically been... Because who's the last really good pitcher they developed themselves? Like, not in a trade, not trading for a young arm and it working out, but just someone that they drafted or signed at a young age that it works out
1: i know you don't want to hear
0: this but cj wilson was cj wilson was fine pretty good success
1: story now again that's been that was a long time ago years you know Derek holland came up and was a i think
0: that's a success too good starting pitcher
1: and there's guys they got dolly until they they tried to turn him into a starter they got him in a trade but he was so young when they got him but yeah i mean it's it's been very spotty and to poor on the pitching front now they have developed position players which we'll get to in a second but Man, it's – they've changed the way they've done things over the past couple of years in hopes of trying to have better results on that front, but it is – it's not just a Rangers problem. Like, half of the teams in baseball have a more difficult time than not on the pitching development front. Like, there's a few clubs that are known for doing it really well. I think you could The put, Rays. The Rays, the Brewers. The Dodgers. Cleveland, the Dodgers, but, you know – all these other teams are borrowing from those those clubs. It's just a matter of finding the right guy that can stay healthy enough and keep developing and turn into a good... That's why they get paid so much. It's hard to find good starting pitching. You can never have enough of it. Now, as far as the, the kid front, it's going to be very intriguing to see what Wyatt Lankford is in camp this spring. I think a lot of people are hoping he's the DH for the duration of the season, and Maybe he is that outlier that doesn't need just a ton of minor league at-bats. I mean, he came out of college at Florida just gangbusters after the fourth pick. He hit three sixty hmm. at three different levels last year. He had an on-base of four eighty. He hit 10 home runs. He stole 12 bases. He drew 36 walks. Now, there's maybe some swing and miss there because he's got some power, but by all accounts, this guy is going to be a big leaguer this year. It's just a matter of when. And
0: I feel like it's kind of his spot to lose at this point. It like is. You, you get him to see some major league pitching and spring training. If he's not ready yet, if he struggles, okay, he can go back down. But I'm with you. This dude's going to be a stud here. He's going to mash. I don't
1: know how good of a defender he's going to be long-term. Maybe he's just a long-term DH. Put him in left field. He'll be fine. Right, but, I mean, Evan Carter is going to play every day, presumably. Laodie Tavares was good. At times, not so good at other times, but had a great final chapter of his season last year. Came up a few times in the postseason. They brought back Jankowski for defensive, you know, fourth outfielder. So you're, Adolis is an all-star. You have a very good defensive outfield. So if Wyatt Lankford sticks at the big league level, he's probably going to be mostly a DH. Now you also have Justin Foscue, who doesn't have a lot of defensive prowess to his game, but he can also hit. he pop. It's a guy that's been a touted prospect for a number of years. So that's something to keep an eye on. I am glad they didn't trade Ezekiel Durant in the offseason, knowing what we know now about Corey Seager having to undergo a sports hernia surgery that's going to keep him out till opening day. But this is a – it's still going to be a deep offense. Now, you don't have the catching situation you had last year. They bring in Andrew Kisner, who played for the Cardinals in his, his uh, career. He was a – he's basically a backup glove. Calls a good game but can't hit much, at 290 on base. And I think he hit 10 home runs for St. Louis last season in a handful of games. So that's – Maybe he's got a little pop of a Jonah Haim's going to play almost yeah. every day but behind you, the plate. But you don't want him overtaxed because we've seen a couple years ago when Heim caught the most he's ever caught in the big leagues, ran into a wall. Now, he pushed through that wall last year and actually pushed through injury, which we thought was going to end his season, and turned out to be a huge part of their playoff run.
0: And if Kaisner, that's how you pronounce his name? Kisner. Kisner. Yeah. K-N-I-Z-N-E-R. He's good enough defensive catcher in, in Heim can hit like you can you can dh heim at times when you give him a day off he's a nice
1: he's an elite defensive catcher. oh yeah Arm-wise i'm just saying screening.
0: when when you need to give him a day off because you have to do that with catchers you can still have him in your lineup mm-hmm. and just have your other catcher out there
1: i mean it sucks to lose garver because of what he meant to october last year but we kind of knew he was he yeah. was going to be gone though now he now he can hopefully save healthy because he's never really had that in his career for long stretches but if he stays healthy he's doing it for the
0: mariners i'm interested to see how they're going to use uh let's see evan carter against lefties because yeah. he didn't hit lefties in the playoffs last year they kind of eased him in mm-hmm. he was kind of forced up when adolis got hurt and they don't want to have him go lefty lefty yet but if he's your everyday left fielder or if he's playing center field he's he's going to have to hit against lefties yep so that's probably i i don't see them platooning him to start out with I think he's like your everyday guy and he's just going to have to fight through the the struggles of hitting left-handed pitching I think
1: he'll figure it out actually there might be some bumps along the way maybe the first few months of the season he might not have the average you would expect but at least he sees pitches at least he draws full count Carter he's always going to have a great on base it feels like and as far as the bullpen goes I mean they spent some money there they went and got Kirby Yates which at his advanced age I'm fine with like five million Dave Robertson, same situation. Guys that have back end of the bullpen experience in their life, it's just a matter of how it's all going to shake out. I think a name to keep an eye on in camp is Yerry Rodriguez because he throws hard. He could be like a swing, multi-inning reliever type, but he's out of options. So I'm very curious to see, you know, can he stick? Can he break with this bullpen out of camp? Because I think that's what they need more than anything is, I don't know if that's Brock Burke or Yerry or whoever, they need a multi-inning reliever Mm -hmm. in a pretty bad way.
0: Yeah, that's why you need starting pitching. You can use one of those guys –